It's the Skinny Podcast, only on Local12.com. Now, here's Richard Skinner, joined by Chad Brendel of BearcatJournal.com and Rick Roaring from MusketeerReport.com. Welcome to the Skinny Podcast. It's the College Basketball Edition. I'm Richard Skinner, Local12.com, Digital Sports Commons Editor with Chad Brendel of BearcatJournal.com. Rick Boring from Musketeer Report and the NKU Radio Network and the voice of NKU Basketball on television, Brady Labor. We got lots to get to in the college basketball front where both Xavier and UC played on Sunday. They were doing this podcast. NKU played a big game on Friday. Kentucky played a big game on Saturday. And lots going on in the, college, in the national landscape as well. Let's start with Xavier because they were a winner. We started with UC last week. Um, I, I will say this. It was a big shot from Najee Marshall. And they took advantage of a couple of key guys not playing, but you shouldn't apologize for a win, and you don't need to because it gets you to nine and nine. You had to do what you had to do. Quad one road win, skinny. And it was a quad one road win, <laughs> and that's the funny part of this. It never takes into effect, though. I, I like I like the quad. I think you do too, Chad. I know Rick does too, but it doesn't take into account other guys not playing. And again, I'm not telling you you have to apologize for it because Xavier's gone through it. You see, went through Jeremiah Davenport today, and other guys have been missing. But, man, that was a sluggish game. That was hard to watch. I'm not going to lie. That was hard to watch. As has every Xavier win this season, except for the game at Seton Hall where they inexplicably dominated one of the best teams in the country. Yeah, I mean, that's who they are, though. Like, I don't know how UC fans watched this for 13 years and defended it as good basketball. But that's what they did for 13 years was watch this. It's like, it is hard to get through. I totally understand where Xavier fans are coming from being frustrated, even though the team's essentially where you kind of expected them yeah. to be. No, I mean, I, I think before the year started, we I said 9-9, 8-8, nine eight eight, whatever it is. But I think before the year, I said 10-8. and eight. I think you said 9-9. Nine and nine, And it, they're, they're going to get to one of those numbers in all likelihood, but it just doesn't feel like it's navigated its way to there. It feels uglier than that. Because it's hideous it basketball. Yeah, I mean, they're barely winning games. They're only beating the bottom half of the Big East, and they're losing to all the teams that are better than them and not giving you a whole lot of hope that they can beat those teams outside of the one Seton Hall performance. Yeah, The, the shot by Najee Marshall, did you like it? I know it went in, so you have to like it went in, but I, when he shot it, I thought... Whoa, it's whoa. his favorite shot. It well, is his favorite shot. A little step back. Here's the thing. Their best offense is throw the ball up there and hope you go get the offensive rebound anyway. So I don't even really care what their first shot on any possession is. As long as it's... If it's at the end of the game, it should probably be Najee Marshall because he's now right, shown the propensity right. to hit big shots at the end of the game. He's only shooting 30% from three, but if you take like half of those makes, they probably come in like the last two minutes of games. Yeah, and and maybe your hope is right. He misses it, and Tyreek Jones gets the rebound, dunks it, then gets another technical. I foul. think that's Xavier fans' hopes on every possession. Yeah. I mean, I, they don't make many shots on the first attempt. Um, the, the technical foul on Tyreek Jones that, that seemed really bush league, and we're gonna get to a couple in the UC game that I thought both were bush league, but th- that seemed really. And look, yeah, and you know it, me, dude. I'm a big. I really am. I'm a big sportsmanship guy. I'm a big shut your yap. But I get it. You you made a great play. I didn't think he yapped at anybody in particular. I don't. I don't understand how there can ever be technical fouls for talking or hanging on the rim. Like it just makes zero sense to me for those two like weird sportsmanship things that we hold in this weird esteem that are totally inconsistent with how they're officiated and what the line is that you're allowed to cross with certain guys. It's just, it's stupid to give those technicals. At the same time, it is what it is. I well, guess, shut ha- up, you know? The hanging on the rim thing wasn't even about sportsmanship when it's the rule came out. It was about not breaking the backboard. It yeah, was about not the breaking the sure. rim off the backboard, but and now, that was 30 years ago. Now you can't even break a backboard. Right, Correct. Right. So it's just something that needed to be changed and still hasn't, and it gives people an excuse to say, look at me, and unfortunately, those are referees and not players. I'll be honest, I thought the 
the one where Tyreek did the shush to the crowd and then kind of kept banging into the guy, banging into the guy. I thought, I thought that was more egregious than what he did on the technical. I would tend to agree, and that's my <laughs> problem with it is like there's no... I mean, you, I kept thinking, dude, you're about to get run. You're about to get run. Get the heck out of there. Stop doing that. That's the problem. The players never really know where the line is that they're not allowed to cross. It's just so arbitrary with whatever mood the official is. He's like, okay, that's enough. That's a T now. And it's like, for what? We've been doing that same type of stuff all game long. Yeah. Um, look, Georgetown obviously was playing without two key guys, and, and that affected them. But but it felt like they, they did, to their credit, play with a chip on their shoulder. They're back against the wall. You probably needed that win to keep keep a hope alive to get in the tournament, all those things. So you did beat kind of a wounded animal. Sometimes that's a scary proposition you did beat them at their place despite them playing with a real sense of urgency yeah i mean they're still a solid team as they've showed they got a big win at hinkle Fieldhouse without both of their leading scores the same guys they were missing today so it's not like this was going to be a walk in the park they're still a team with plenty of four-star talents and some guys that can play they're just they don't have a lot of depth and they really struggle to score at times without mac mcclung out there all right so does this solidify xavier now do they need to do one do they need to at least get butler at home and maybe win a game in the big East or is this for what to, to get in hell no I was gonna say that's what I'm saying is this enough yeah oh yeah I think this I think because the, they had slid back in bracket matrix to a 10 not that that's yeah they, they were the place. first 10 seed right, going into right. today which would put them at 37th right. in the S curve right. which even if that were the case I don't know how you could figure out that they slide out what yeah it just was interesting they just kept sliding back through nine down to ten and i know some teams but, below went up but, but here and that's the thing people are talking about well some of the bubble teams won this weekend okay well so did xavier first so of all they the won both team, games they needed to win and, and the bubble teams also lost the, the nine seeds that are right above them three of the four lost right. two of those four lost multiple games so i mean i xavier is probably moving up to like 34 or 35 in the s curve after this weekend I don't see a way that they're going to slide all the way out, yeah, I, even with three losses at the end of the season, two at the end of the regular season, and the first in the Big East tournament. And I guess that's where I'm going. If, if you lose the last two, lose the first game of the Big East tournament, does that at least put you in Scaryville? I don't think scary like you're missing the tournament. It's maybe bad enough put that someone can make the argument that you're a play-in game, right. and it just looks bad. I mean, when you lose sure. three games in a row like that at the end of the year. I don't think that's going to happen, mind you. I don't, but, I don't think it is. Heck, I mean, that's a possibility. They could win both of these right, games right, right. now. No, yeah, right. I mean, Providence isn't great. They're very desperate. They're playing. And for their got a great road win at Villanova. Yeah, they're at large uh, lives right big now. Big East collusion. Yeah, Big East collusion, man. They, they are good at it. Someone, they are someone's good going it. to let DePaul win so they slide back into <laughs> quadrant one. I guarantee it. Like, that will happen. And then Butler. Yeah, they have what do you mean, let them win? They're not good enough to win on their own? Well, uh, <laughs> have you watched? I, I mean, <laughs> he's new. He's not familiar with Big East. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. oh, yeah, he is. That was are. tongue in cheek. Yes. <laughs> no question. Um, all right, so. so Best case scenario, where, where could they get to? Let's just go the whole thing. Let's say they win out the last two and go semis or finals in the Big East tournament. I mean, I know I it's early for that, but what do you guys think? I don't think they can get above an eight. an eight. Yeah, I don't either. So I, and yeah, so eight. to me, I don't think there's really an eight, much nine value in no, winning any of these games. Eight, or, eight nine means nothing really. I mean, right. means it's nothing. The same. It they, is honestly, they'd probably like want to win the Butler or Providence game, and that's about it. Because that would probably Go keep them 10. around a 10 seed. I'm not sure. I think the 10's always better, man. I mean, yeah, especially that's what I'm with saying. the twos this year. You'd rather be a 10 instead of a 9. Yeah. And so, I mean, I think if you win one well, more, you probably stay Sign me up for San 10. Diego State. Just sign me up for that. If they're a 1, sign me up for that. Yeah, I'm with you on that. But you, but what you don't want to do is play yourself to where it's questionable about the play-in game, and then they could put you in No, Dayton. that's right. That's and I it. don't think that'll happen even if they lose out, but it could. That's right. I, I, I would give you that. Um, all right, let's go, let's go to UC. Um, and, yes. and I, I guess today there's two things that, that, that 
one that has been a bubbling thing the whole year is you just don't have enough playmakers. Um, yeah. The other one is, though, this has happened in a couple road games. You can't get your ass kicked on the glass like that. You just and I know they're a good offensive rebounding team, but a couple of those road games, they uh, was it Connecticut? I think was the other one, right? And you can correct me if I'm wrong, Chad. But you just can't get yourself kicked. I mean, you that, the that, crazy part? that that's crazy. You want another crazy? No, you want another crazy part? Fourteen in the in the first half, fourteen mm-hmm. offensive rebounds, ten in the final three minutes. That's crazy. When they went on that, that yeah, that thirteen to one run that after was, the game after it was sixty. Yeah, right. They they were they they were up five. They were up. 30 to 25, and they went into half down 37 31. 10 offensive 38, rebounds. 31, but yeah. 38 31. Yeah, but yeah. 10 offensive rebounds, three minutes, three seconds. That's incredible. Have you ever heard of anything like that in your life? I mean, yeah, here's another no, crazy stat. No. <clears throat> they got their butt kicked, right? 22 offensive rebounds. How many second chance points do you think Houston had? It felt like a lot because it felt like there were kickout threes. Watch. How many? I, I, yeah, I, if I'm guessing, I'll say the way you're phrasing it, and I honestly don't. I, I'll go 28. 13. That's it. 13. It felt it felt more, but it felt like big ones every time. Yeah. They, they were they were gut punchers. And then you, you the I think the re- replay on the possession pos- on the last second yeah. shot, shot clock violation. I think that flipped the game. Did you think it was right? Cuz I I, I, I here's what not, I think. The thing is there's no tenths of a second, right? Here's what that's I the think. factor. I think that was the age-old it, it it stays however you called it. Right. They called it good. I think it should have stayed good because there was not conclusive evidence one way or the other. It looked like it was in his hands as it's flipping to zero. But again, if you're thinking the tenths of a second, then right. it completely run out as it's flipping. And right. Maybe, I mean, maybe we get to the tenths of a second on the shot clock eventually. And maybe we need to get the tenths of a second on the shot clock if we're going to look at that stuff. Yeah. Well, that's just the thing. I agree with the whole thing. If you don't have the conclusive evidence to switch it, you really can't. And when all three of them have to look at it, then they have to get together, and then they go back and look at it again, that should define. Yeah, that tells you. Because someone brought up, and I forget who it is, said as far as reviews go, there should be a shot clock on that as well. And if you can't figure it out within like one minute, then you're not going to find it. It's the same call. Yeah, it's it's the call stands. I'm all in on that. But but in real time and even in slowdown, I didn't think it got out of his hands. But man, it was so. You but know, I think back to Chad's point, the yeah. call on the floor was basket good because good, it was already up on the board. Right. Seventy four fifty nine. They looked at it, looked at it, looked at it, and honestly, as I'm watching it, I, I think I agree with you, Brady. I, I, I do think that it probably wasn't out of his hands. But, but there was goes, no video yeah. inclusive and it was evidence, so, and it's so it. bang bang. And there's no you, there's no light. Yeah, it, there's correct. no light. There's no tenths of a second. It's, it's, it's not egregious either way. Yes. So it's not like you can you know right. throw That's, these I, officials I'm not, under I'm the not, bus in any way. And, right. And it, so that therefore, just stick with the call you made. This podcast audience knows if I felt that the AAC official stunk, I would right. I would have no problem saying that. Sure. I, I just think that it was so bang bang. That if you called it good, it stays good. If and if you had called it no good, I would have had no problem. But it, it would have gone to a five point game, right? With and, and six instead, minutes and left. instead, when it they did, went on a 10-0 run, and the crowd got into it, it yeah. was almost like that was the last energy boost yeah. that the crowd needed, that that Houston needed. And yes, yeah, they made it, their next it, five shots. Some of it self inflicted for UC, obviously, yeah. but. They were that was they were starting to trade buckets down five. You're one stop away from going down and making it a one possession game. You probably dig in a little bit more on defense. Right. You got a little more sense of her. instead of it's what was us. Now we're down seven. Oh my gosh! And they now go down. 10. And I can't remember who it was. Bang, bang, yeah, banged it, banged a shot, and now all of a sudden game set match. You're you're done. How about I, that kid. 
They, they had a couple he was things. terrible up until the first UC game this year. He was averaging like six and a half points a game. He's averaging almost twenty a game. That's what since that's what February first. You see, could use Freshman. a guy. Like, you see, could use a guy like that. I would take him right now. He's I mean, pretty damn good. I'm just talking about a guy that could step up in the last two yeah. weeks, and that's where it goes back to. There's just there's not enough, not there's enough playmakers. Not. I mean, Trey Scott was great for the first ten minutes of that game. Great, he, he was great game. on the glass he, in the second. Yeah, half. and he had a great game overall. So I shouldn't dictate that. But I mean, for the first ten minutes of the game, yeah. making a three, making mid range, slip slipping screens, and, and getting in the right place. I mean, he just it felt like every time he touched it, he was either going to make it the right decision or make a bucket. And then all of a sudden, he didn't, and they got away from it a little bit. And then you start looking around, going, well, right, "So who else is making plays? There's, there's nobody else making plays." Jaron Cumberland, one made field goal. Yeah, that's it's been Chris a, Vote, one made field goal. Got a got a got a layup blocked at the rim. <laughs> Two. No, Mike Adams one. Woods, one made field yeah. goal. Keith Williams, three. So Trey Scott was good, seventeen points, eleven really rebounds. Good. You got six made field goals from the rest of your starters. And your bench only scored 10. Right. And you were still a five-point game with seven minutes left. Yep. So, yep. It, it was a – I mean – All right, so, so back to – and I talked about the technical on Tyreek Jones. There were two technicals in this game, one on Houston, one on John Brandon. Neither one of them seemed egregious. The one I, on John Brandon made no sense to me at and, all. And he kept asking, "Can what did I say? What did I say? Well, he doesn't cuss. We know. He's loud. Now, he is loud. He can be loud. Yeah, he's loud. You're allowed to be loud. No doubt. I, yeah, I saw him stomp his foot, but uh, I mean, yeah. like, it looked... God, uh, you would get thrown out of every game and stomping your foot was a tight <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, it looked very normal coach activity over there. His reaction, it was almost as if as they chirped at him back. Yes. And then that's yes. when he lost yeah. it yeah. and had to be restrained by his staff. Yeah, because I, I mean... He's not in a good headspace right now. Oh, correct. There's no doubt. And I... I think the Chris Vote post-up move was a play on. I mean, he did kind of hip him out of the way, but I think that's just a bigger, stronger guy getting Look, position, and Houston that's how it works. you 74 sure. times I'm, No, I'm, I'm yeah. with you. Don't get me wrong. I, I, Look, did he displace him a little? Yeah, Fabian but sometimes White, you're stronger and bigger. Fabian White averages five and a half fouls a game when they play UC. Yeah, I mean. Do the math. It doesn't. It doesn't add up. It doesn't add up. Overtime. Helps. He fouls out of every game, and, and, and including overtime. He fou- there like three years ago. I, I he fouled out in under six minutes of, of court time. That's, he played under six minutes. Get, that's out. called that, efficient. That's getting your but money's worth. That, that's what that's what Kelvin Sampson does. He has three six ten guys. Goon squad. They're, they're, it is. He, I like it though. Their name. Their names are fifteen fouls. Yep. Like that's just yep. Use use all of it. Use yeah. all but one. One of you guys. What do you guys got to stay? What do you guys got to finish? <laughs> so other than that, but it, it's Fabian White, bang, and, um, and and Bryson Gresham, and then the the senior. I can't remember his name. Um, goon three. Goon three. <laughs> Terry Nelson was doing some negative recruiting against him today. He's like, if you're a four star big man, you don't even go there because you're just expected to beat people up and foul and rebound. And that's an easy way to go recruit. Just go and look. All right, that guy's six ten and he can't play, but man, he's going to foul the crap out of people and they're not going to like it. Here, here's 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 what concerns me going forward, long term. I thought you long term this year, long term or long term, long term, long term. Oh, wow. Long-term. Okay. Wow. I thought you see because of their experience had a very good chance to go in. And win this game against a Houston team with one senior. Instead, you see seniors weren't very good except for Trey. Nobody else stepped up. And they had a Houston had a freshman go for 21, a freshman go for 15, and a sophomore go for 16. And that is not a good sign for things going no, forward. That's probably true. How much do you think UC's younger guys, though? 
look at Jaron and go make a play. Please, go make a play for us, please. How much do you think everyone's thinking? Yeah. That right, right, right. Now? No, no, I mean, that's, that's right. The, that's, that's right. The, that's right. That's the issue with their season. At every point this year, when anything has gone wrong, it's basically been Jaron's not being Jaron. When Jaron's Jaron, this team is okay. Right. They can compete. If Jaron wasn't one for seven, they win. They're right there. They're at least right there. Yeah, at least right there. Yeah. yeah. Is I mean, who's player of the year in the AAC? That's a great question. We thought Jared evolved because it feels like yeah. he's played his way out of it. Yeah. I don't think he ever was was. I don't know. Well, I two weeks was, ago, you said he I, had it locked I thought, up. I thought he was. I thought he no, played his I, way I back he into it. Played his way into the conversation. Yeah. Um. I would. That probably precious. I mean, because Houston he's the best player, right? Houston I mean, doesn't have one guy. Wichita State doesn't have one guy. Uh, if I was voting for best player right now, I'd vote for Marcus Sasser. Because down the stretch over the past month, he's probably been the best player in the league. He's killing everybody. Yeah, well, and, and that may, maybe maybe that's the case. But Precious is a double double guy, yeah. I, and he's a great talent. I mean, yeah, Trey Scott. Yeah, it's not going to happen. But, I know, but he might be the MVP of this team. I would say that. All right, before we move to NKU, so now for UC because this win the next three. That's enough. I think you're in a pretty good spot if you win the next three. And that's the last two regular seasons of the, and first, then the first term yeah. tournament game. Now, if you want to win the semis, I think that would also help. But uh, South Florida will give you another Q2, most likely. They're 72 or 68, somewhere in there. I haven't seen the latest today. Um, <clears throat> that'll give you a Q2. Then you come home, you have to beat Temple here on senior day. And then you win that first game in the AAC tournament. I think you avoid any other, you know, disasters on your resume. I think the number of Q1 and Q2 wins ultimately gets them Will in. Will be enough. Barely. Yeah, I think. And, go ahead, Rick. And, well, this is what I'm talking about going back to the Xavier thing of why it's like, I think fans just look at their own team and then feel like they have to reach this arbitrary that. resume that they've held out in the past. And it's like. I'm not. I'm not disagreeing with Chad's statement just now about UC. But think about if UC is still on the bubble after the last week plus yeah, that they Xavier's had, way above that. How could Xavier possibly no, play themselves? No, out? I understand. Uh, yeah, I, I. I do think if, if if you won at least the next three, and if certainly the next four, it would take a lot of teams around you doing something similar. Yeah. And we've seen this year that those teams don't do that. Whoever that, you know, and most of pick those a teams, team, pick a name. Most I mean, of those teams are playing in power conferences, and yeah, it's going to be harder and, to do that. And they're going to have very difficult games over the next to end this week the next week and then into their conference i will say this if uc gets in and i think based on your snare they probably do the south florida game scares me it it does feel like a play-in game though right probably i mean close close yeah the south florida that's the thing i mean you can't take that for granted now i mean you're beat up you get one day your psyche's messed up because this was a game you put a lot of eggs in the basket. You're dealing with your coach losing his, his father, dad, yep. which we haven't discussed yet. Yep. But you're dealing with a, a coach whose dad passed away Saturday before you went on the road for this trip. Saturday morning before you went on the road for this trip. Like if you looked, like Jaron didn't look. I mean, and it's a loss, so that's it's hard to really. And Jaron, it's almost impossible to get a read on anyway. But they look tired. They look drained. But the thing is, they had a week. I mean. Sure, they did. I know, but you're dealing with stuff that is ah. that doesn't that, that's taken a lot longer than a week to heal. Now, I thought they looked fresh for the for the yeah. early part of the game, yeah. um, but I just I think mentally, just as much as physically, like what they've done to themselves in February to get into this position where their backs against the wall, 
it's been mentally draining. I, I mean, I, it's going to be very interesting to see because South Florida at home is very physical and they're not good, but, but you see on the road ain't good either. Right. I don't, you give me an opponent. I right. mean, there ain't a lot of great things that have happened to them on the road. Right. You know, you're a Jaron Cumberland big play against Wichita away from losing that game too. Yeah. So yeah. It's it's hard to look at them. Um, you did segue into it, so I'm, I'm I'm glad you did because we all knew John Brandon's dad and, and just a super super nice guy. And always had a smile. Always had a smile. Great great storyteller. I yep. mean, he came in here. He was, I think he was so proud of his son when he got the NKU job because he'd been a college assistant yep. for a long period of time. Finally getting his chance, getting his chance back at home, and then to then parlay that into the UC job. I mean. That had to be a thrill, and I mean, they, they he, loved. He was ear the, to ear at the, that press conference. The family loved basketball. I mean, not only John, but his brother Grant, who coached high school basketball at Newcath and at Walton Verona. His cousin was pretty good, and, and had pretty good success. Um, yeah, he's done a pretty good job too. This is Saint Bernard clan, baby. Um, Bobby no, was Bob B, Baywatch. Bobby was all right. He was all right. He 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 still is he still in Australia modeling? No, he's here. He's back here in Cincinnati. Is he? Last I heard, he was the um, he was the personal trainer. For the employees of Pure Romance. It was one of his jobs. That sounds Same. Like, sounds like a good thing. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we all knew his dad. It, it is. I mean, just because of, of how, how much he loved basketball, it makes yeah. it even more sad. It really does. Yeah, I'm just crushing news, especially when you knew how close both those boys were to their dad and, and how proud he was of both of those guys. It just it was, it was you, When you went to NKU, games or practices – John's dad was a fixture there, yeah. no matter what. At all, all the road times. trips, yeah. at home, at practice. I mean, it was tough not to see him there. And uh, it'll be tough not to see him here because I'd always look for him behind UC's bench going, okay, there's Mr. Yeah, Brandon. Yep. He's in his usual seat, him, him and mom too. And the thing you said, I mean, he literally – he always had a smile on his face. Always. I mean, he always. felt like he felt like the most blessed man in the world to have two sons coaching basketball, one at a high level in high school and doing great things, and John obviously coaching college basketball. And I, I, he, I, he couldn't have been a happier guy. I mean, every time you talk to him, just – Telling great stories, um, telling a story about his first. You know, he went to the first opening day in Riverfront Stadium and how that all worked out. I mean, he was he was a, he was a lot of fun. He was a he's a good man. It was unfortunate. It was one of those. He, he I didn't realize how fast it had. He gone. missed the Wichita State game at home, and when he like that, and and Grant wasn't there, and that like instantly your heart kind of drops because they're they were, I mean, his dad was going to come hell or high water. Right. His dad was going to be there, and. When we were standing around before the game, and we we got about three minutes before tip off, and they still weren't there, it was like, oh no, this this is not this is not good. And they, from what I heard, they, he went into hospice on Monday. Yeah, and gone on Saturday. And even though you steal yourself for that, I mean, that's still tough. And I, you know, I know you can compartmentalize it to go coach a Some, basketball yeah. game because you can I mean you just you have to be in that moment but there were a couple times like they showed him and he was sitting on the bench and you could tell like maybe just a, a couple brief seconds and then you'd see him like snap back snap back and it was only like a year ago that word you know amongst the insiders right. like well you know John's dad's kind of slipping a little bit and it, it was quick and that literally was like this time last year well, I mean that's all it. of a sudden he's gone that's just hard to believe ALS and dementia yeah. like that's yeah. that's a very cruel very unfair one to yeah, punch no doubt about it our condolences out to that whole family absolutely most definitely uh, let's go to NKU um, Friday night was a big game great crowd um, the white out you wore the white suit 
Look like a clown show, but I give you credit for it. You went Patino. You went. He oh, suit. did he, he ever? Did. Oh, yeah. He went Patino top, but not Patino bottom. Yeah. Well, was... those were actually still being used for evidence, but that was the original uh, jacket that he wore. I uh, let Brady smell the stain on it. Oh, for heaven's sakes! <laughs> I did not know what it smelled like, but it was the smell. Yeah, it was the smell. That's was what happens pretty... when you become a man, Brady. Pasta. It's Karen Cipher. It's pasta. It's pasta. <laughs> Is that what that was? Scallops. Yeah, scallops. That's even better. Um, so big crowd, white out, Rick wearing his white suit jacket, his, his Rick Patino special, and um, NKU goes four of, what, 26 from, from three. How much of that, though, is that's just the way they play and you got to do it? And how much was it at some point? Stop jacking that stuff up. Both. I mean, that's the way they play, but they're in love with the jump shot and they settle for jump shots. And they don't have a post presence. I mean, they They don't, don't, but you know, there's many times this year where they've gotten Jalen Tate downhill to finish at the rim. Of course you got loud and love to stop you there, but how about go after him and get him in foul trouble? How about like they do a lot of times get downhill and kick out, but there was just too much. (laughs) Which one? That's, that's, that's that's not a good looking crew to begin with, but, um, but yeah, he, he's their leader and he's the guy, you know, and, uh, I I don't know if they were intimidated by his presence or not, but they certainly didn't force the issue right. with him. Well, and the other thing is, in addition to not having a post presence that they can play through on offense, they don't really have guys that can break you down off the dribble. Dantes Walton can to a certain extent. Dantes and the right Tate matchup, can, right? Tate's not really like a drive past you guy. He's not quick like in a burst going straight, he's good laterally. So defensively, he's great, but like he's not a guy that's getting in the lane a ton and creating for his teammates and making a ton of plays. He's just like an all-around playmaker that he can convert defense to offense, make plays in transition, I that type of thing. I just felt like they didn't test that often enough. I, I agree with that. I think the big thing with Wright State that we saw in this game that we didn't see in the first one was there are matchups when you put Dantes Walton back in the lineup that they can take advantage of. They have a 5'10", 180-pound point guard that now has to guard somebody other than Bryson Langdon when you put Dantes back in the lineup. You have... Billy Wampler, who was guarding Dantes, and when Dantes attacked him, he had a lot of success. Usually they're trying to hide Billy Wampler. He's a slow-footed wing. And then you got Loudon Love. He's a big plotting center. You have to exploit those mismatches when you can and find ways to take advantage of them. They did it some in this game, probably not quite enough. But the bigger thing was you've got to make layups. They couldn't make a layup in the first yeah. half. And you got to make wide-open threes, whether they're shooting too many of them or not. They still had plenty of good looks. Mm-hmm. And this team, for the better part of the second half of the Horizon League season hasn't been able to make threes. Right. They've they, been shooting like it, 20%. And they ran away from Trayvon Faulkner. It felt like they just shot themselves in the foot over yes, and over and over. for sure. But, I mean, they – like. Right State's defense ran away from Trayvon Faulkner. Yeah, yeah they were just planning – They told him, you're him shooting it or not. And he said, okay, might as well. I have no other option. Yeah, and this is going to sound easier than it is. It's almost like NKU, to make them defend, you almost have to play with the lead. You have to somehow find a way to get a lead, spread them out, and and make them come out and guard those kind of guys, as opposed to saying, well, I'm going to leave that guy alone. If Faulkner makes a jump shot or two, then suddenly it changes everything. And then but, you're playing with the lead, you're getting more downhill, you're yeah. spreading them out, and I think Wright State would have a hard time with that. that again, that's but easier said But it doesn't just done. have to be Faulkner. That's the thing. It's not like he's the one missing open looks. They're getting them for Tyler Sharp. They're getting them for Dantes Walton. Like They're getting their guys that they want good looks and they're just not going down and haven't been for a few weeks and I don't know what the answer to that is as a coaching staff because like you said to your point if you've got shoot when you're tired if you've got a big man not guarding Silas Hideki already or Adrian Nelson already so he's camped out in the lane 
and they're not guarding Trayvon Faulkner, it makes it awfully difficult to get in the lane when two guys are camped out there. You know, Rick, I'm a big fan of the game around the world. So when guys are struggling, you go to the around the world, man, it loosens everybody up. You have a team knockout. around the world game. I love knockout. Well, I'm a big can, knockout fan. You can chance it. That adds pressure. It does. I think it's a, it's a great game. You, you, you pair it up. You got the white team, or in the case of NKU, you got the gold team and the in the in the black team. However you want to do it, I like it. I think I. I uh, it's a suggestion. At the end of practice when you're tired. Right. It's got to be at the end of practice well, after when you're tired. you run, yeah. Yeah. And you yeah. put the pressure on, and then the losers run X number of suicides. I mean, there's a lot of pressure on that. What if you I, don't get it done in 11? Ooh, that's a good one, too. I mean, there's a lot of ways you can do this. If more coaches listen to this podcast, they'd I think win they'd national championships. No doubt. No doubt. I'm a big... Or we would lose people to coaching jobs. I do it once every three Great weeks. I like, I like playing around the world at the end of practice. Do, do, you prefer, do you prefer up and back? For in eleven seconds or two trips in twenty-two. Ooh, I do up and back it. I do up and back in about fourteen seconds usually. It's it. it well, uh, you're high school. I'm used to college. Right, up and back in fourteen seconds is usually it. And usually it's the one kid. You either decide you're gonna. You're, I, I always Roaring! hang on. No, I, I count it out usually. I usually I don't use the clock. I count it. Oh, so God. then you're you're you, count, you can count to fourteen. Well, then you're using you the hang whole, an extra second. Correct. For the fat or kid to finish or up. you feel bad eventually that the kid's about to die and you go 13, 14. All right, you guys made a good job. Everybody go get a drink. I mean, you, there's there's ways to do it. But you don't like the the two trips and no, I I don't I don't do that a whole but lot. But why not? This is this is coming from a man. Who, when his daughter was bad when she was younger, she ran steps. She ran steps in the house. In the house, one time. Uh, I don't see why that's a bad thing. Agreed. Right? One time he dropped her off in a seedy neighborhood I just did to do that. give her the idea of where her life was headed. Yes, if she kept acting out. Yeah, that's and, called good parenting, guys. I'm on skinny side. I think it's called I mean, child abuse. But. Well, it is now. She was not too pleased about her being left off in Washington Park yeah, with bet, a guy laying in puke <laughs> on the bench. I bet your wife loved that. Well. She kind of condoned it that day because I grabbed the kid, said, we're going, we're going on a ride, and we'll be back after a while. And she could hear her butt going down the steps, going boom, 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 as I dragged her down the steps. <laughs> go, get your ass in the car, these, let's go. These aren't things you admit Oh, I admit it. I admit it. And, she, and she, would, she would say, you know what, that's probably the best thing for me. You got yeah. to go through that. I guess I probably anything to get out of the Skinner household the skin- for a couple hours would be a great thing. Well, exactly. Not, but she was with me. That's not a good thing. It, it, it wasn't. You know, we didn't have all this back in the day. But if they did reality TV shows like they do now, oh, following my. families around, if they would have done that for you as a parent, it would have been like the own like their own version of Scared Straight. No doubt. So how many how many reps of steps did she have to do? The one day it was um, I, I had her do it for fifteen minutes solid, and she okay. couldn't stop. And it's a it's about I think it's what we got ten steps something like that. It's like ten to. 13, it's up between 10 and, and down and up and then after a few she's she's a dancer she's in great shape i mean she was even in good shape then but how old was this she's like eight or nine and about after a handful of those what was the fireable offense that happened that she had to run the steps um just usually she and i i she and i are the same person man oh, we don't back goodness. down to each other and she didn't back down to me back then so whatever i said she came right back with it i'm like buster i'm the parent you're the child and when you get of age you can certainly talk to me that way but not today down to the steps we go here we go <laughs> on the line on the line exactly it's just like the movie miracle on ice again send her again 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 she's got to keep going I, I, mine mine's nine and i'm having a little Think trouble about it. having a little trouble getting through to her correct i mean so not a bad child just you got to have a little corrective did, influence did this work over grounding it did. I'm not a grounding guy. I'm not a slap you guy. I'm not a spank you guy. I you don't... see the spank you thing. This has turned into a parenting podcast. The spank you thing. So I used to like spank. I like, used to threaten to kick their ass, and I still don't know what if, if either girl would have gone, go ahead. I'm like, eh, okay, you called me on that one. I really am not going to do well, this. It, but... it, so I would spank, but not hard. Right, like, yeah, you a little know, swat. The little swat. And then she started with the, that didn't hurt. 
And then it was like, well, now I can't do that anymore because, because I have to break her ass. Now. Right. And then you'll get, I'm going to call Tyler Beers on yeah. you. Oh, okay. Yeah. Good, good, good. I, I get that one. The one time I did smack her, she crossed the street when she shouldn't have. I scooped her up, took her back, smacked her on the ass, and I got, I'm going to call Tyler Beers. You're five. You don't even know how to dial 911. <laughs> yeah, that's actually a bluff you probably shouldn't call. I shouldn't. No, I shouldn't call that yeah, one. There's no, no question. There's no question. This is not a good podcast. No, it just, it, 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 yeah, yeah. Take, yeah. take our basketball advice. Don't do that either. Yeah, maybe yeah. not. Yeah. yeah, maybe that's a good call. When you you got to be tired. Whatever the problem is, yes, you got to be tired. You're tired. tired. That's exactly it. Tired. Back that's then, exactly. KU, that, yeah. will they beat Wright State a third time? Well, that, no. <laughs> Meanwhile, I, in college basketball. I did want to ask that part of it because it feels like they are still going to be the two teams to, to get to the final. They both have the double bye. It's not it guaranteed. so frequently in the Green, horizon. Green Bay's playing great. I get all that stuff. They just came off a nice win. They're, the, they're going to be the three seed, yeah, so they're I mean, probably going to be the Youngstown team NKU plays. State is dangerous. Let's just assume for argument's sake, and then we would agree, they're the two best teams Without inside the close. Okay. Yeah. Let's just say for argument's sake, they get to the final. I do think, in, as goofy as it sounds, this game gives you more hope, and I think you've talked about that. If they boat race you again, you just go, crap, we got no answer for these cats. You lost by two shooting four of 26, man. That's the big thing. You make one more three, or Tyler Sharp doesn't try to dunk on a one-on-o breakaway and come you up short and end up on SportsCenter. Sports he, he can't dunk, by the way. I, That's the part. I think that became apparent. The funny part was that we actually played our district final that night, so I didn't get a chance to see the game except on DVR, and I saw him the next day, Rick the next day, and I didn't know that he had done that. I said, wait a minute. Can he dunk? And he goes, oh, absolutely not. I said, no. What is he doing? No way. What is he doing? It wasn't even close, It dude. was on Scott Van Pelt's oh no. Yeah, you, yeah I think you told me that. Yeah. He, was, he was 10 inches from dunking. And they lost by two points. Right. So, uh, And that's not to take shots at Tyler. The dude's awesome. He's won tons of games for NKU. But, son, if you can't dunk, it's okay. You but, can't. You but can't dunk. The point being, okay. they gave away so many opportunities in that game. I think the game plan was the right one. You let Loud and Love go get his. If he gets 25, so be it. As long as he doesn't do it too efficiently, you're not putting him at the free throw line too often. And that's how it worked out. He scored everything in the first like 10 minutes of action. And then he, was, he ends up 8 fi- for 19 for the game. Yeah, 13 of his 15 first half points were in the first eight minutes. And then he ended up with, a, what, 24, I think. And I thought they did a really good job crowding him and making him – because he got the ball on the rim, but it was never in the rhythm that he did early in the game. Well, there was a big adjustment by Silas Hideki, who – was really struggling to defend him in the first half. They tried Adrian Nelson. That didn't work. They tried playing small. It worked some, but not on defense, obviously, because they had no one to stop him at that point. But what Silas Dedecky did in the second half is he made him catch the ball farther off the block. And when you do that within the zone, now the wings are able to dig down and, and right. they can pick up that dribble without overcommitting all the way down to the block to where they can't close out on a shooter out on the three-point arc. He Silas used his strength to make the catches farther away from the rim. And once he started doing that, he was able to defend him just fine. Um, actually, the, the, actually, the Horizon Tournament does begin on Tuesday with, with home sites, then continues Thursday, then continues in, into next week. Do you feel okay, or do you feel scared about potentially Green Bay or, or whatever else Green Bay is going to play a, a seed that, to be named at this point because the way the goofy tournament's set up? Do you feel okay? I, I think I would. I do. Um, the th- well, you're right. As far as if it, if it goes out chalk, and Green Bay wins on Thursday, that would be Northern Kentucky's semifinal opponent. But, you know, your, your matchups are UIC, IUPUI, Youngstown State versus Milwaukee, Oakland versus Cleveland State. They move on to Thursday, and that's where Green Bay's that's where Green winning Bay has one for buy. the lowest seed left because that's where it recedes, right, right. and then it will recede again. Um, I think Northern Kentucky's got just as good a chance against any of those teams. Uh, I just think uh, that Green Bay game at home, I think that was an anomaly. They proved that when they went to their place and beat them. Um, 
And then any of those other teams, yeah, can beat you on any given day, but I like the matchups for Northern Is Kentucky. there a bad matchup for Wright State? Easy, Tiger. Well, the weird thing about Wright State is they don't play all that well against a lot of the other teams right. in the conference. I don't know if yeah. they just kind of coast because they felt like we're clearly the best team, and so if it's not NKU, we're not as fired up. I don't know what it is, but it seems like there are some teams that have given them problem, although I haven't necessarily seen – a rhyme or a reason. I do like teams that have a guard that can really break you down off ball screens because then it puts loud and love in right, a tough position. Right. And that's what Darius Quisenberry did for Youngstown State. He started breaking down off the dribble, getting the rim. He got confident. Then he started hitting threes, too. He hit seven threes in that game, which obviously helps. But that's how you go for 41. Um, but that would be my thing. For NKU on the other side, Like I feel pretty good about the Green Bay matchup only because with NKU struggling to shoot the way they have been, Green Bay doesn't really defend you. Not very so well it, at all. And they don't really rebound that well. So it gives NKU the opportunity that even if they're not knocking down shots, they can still find but ways to get a bucket when they need to against this Green Bay the Green team. Bay's credit, they've kind of evolved, though, a little bit, and they seem like they've kind of got their act together. And maybe it's some of it's schedule-related, I don't know, but it seems like they're starting to play pretty well. No, I think they're very talented. Amari Davis is great. Jaquan McLeod is going to be an All-Horizon League player. So... I like their roster. They have talent. I just think for how they match up against NKU, it's it's a team that doesn't scare you as much because as long as NKU, you know, does the right things, plays their game enough, they should be able to exploit some mismatches on, on the offensive end. Yeah, because Green Bay is going to try to outscore you, and right. I think Northern Kentucky's defense is good enough to stop them on that. All right, let's move to Kentucky. Um, they keep rolling along, twelve and one since mid January. The only loss was was at Auburn. Um, that was since they lost at South Carolina in a game that they just really blew. Uh, I'm wondering if you're looking around the country and, and in this year of inconsistency, the way they're starting to get some level of consistency, and maybe some of it is because the league's just not good and you're able to kind of stack wins. I'm not sure I want to face them right now because they got a lot of different answers. Higgins goes, what, 3 of 12, doesn't do much. Nick Richards doesn't own the glass. He did have a huge block shot, but he didn't own the glass ways on the glass. Quickly then goes and grabs 12 rebounds and gets 18 points. Sestina gets 11 off the bench. It feels like right now, you want to take that away, we'll do this. This guy has a bad night, this guy has this. There's a lot of answers for this that this team has right now. I think this win impressed me more than maybe any they've had to this point. I agree, be- I, yeah, I agree Because of the fact that I know they, it was had at a, home, but- they had a workman's-like win. They won with toughness without Nick Richards being the guy who provided it. The, the other guys found a way to get that stuff done while he wasn't in the game for most of the time. They're fascinating to me because of the three-point guards. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's so it's something we've never really seen before, and it's it's – all three different styles of point guards, like the scoring point guard and quickly, the tough point guard, the tough point guard, and like defense, defense, and you know, and Hagans, and, and then, then the shooter, the explosive. Now, quickly's a shooter. Well, Maxie's a shooter too, but and yeah, Maxie, but Maxie's more explosive. I yeah, think Maxie is an explosive yeah. scorer. Yeah. He's like your ISO guy. He's yeah. the guy that can break down anyone one on one and beat them. And you know, it's not always going to work. He's inconsistent in terms of finishing and shooting, but he can beat anyone in a one on one matchup off the bounce. It's just fun for me to watch them because all three of those guys they they provide so much. But we've just never seen a team really like we've seen two point guards before. But we've never seen three when all three actually do complement each other. And it works because they're all 6'3", 6'4", 6'5". Like. Well, and as much as this team will turn the ball over sometimes and you can pressure them and make them make some mistakes, they're also not a team that like 
can't get the ball across half court all of a sudden when yeah. you put a press on because they've got three point guards that are hyper athletic. I mean, Quickly's not, but the other two are very good athletes. So it's really difficult to press them for like a three minute stretch and keep turning them over. And if you can remember a couple of the last losses in the NCAA tournament, um, you know, the one was the PJ Washington can't make a foul shot game, right? I mean, they've had a couple of those. Now they get a lead of three to five at the end of the game. They have had a hard time. We talked about it a little bit last week of getting inbound. the ball in bounds, but once they do and they can get you in certain and you foul them. They're not missing. Right. I mean, they're just not. They have enough guys that are going to go make, and they can end games they're, and finish off games. They're going to be a really interesting team. In I March think they are too. I, are, they're going to be undefeated because of Evansville. Oh, most definitely. Yeah. Um, no, you're right. And did you they, see that stat? I did not. The only team in the history of college basketball to knock off a number one team and and go over winless in, in their conference. In conference. That's crazy. That's crazy. That really is. Now, some of it, obviously, Walter McCarty. Not doing the right thing. We'll leave it at that. That kind of affected so, things a little bit. Good analysis. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that keeps getting brought up. And of course, Cal kind of went off on one of the beat writers who had brought it up again and just uh, turned it into a big joke. I don't know if you saw that. Kyle Tucker from The Athletic yep. tried to paraphrase a question and he said the word Evansville again. And Cal Perry just had enough of it <laughs> and just went into because he's strictly he's not a question answerer he's a talking he's, points he's, guy yeah, say, he's a complete and so he guy. just kind of blew this guy up until he finally just screamed okay I give up <laughs> will you stop talking now and making fun of me but yeah it's uh, that that word's going to come back to haunt him but I don't think it's a bad thing because in this NCAA tournament being underseated is not a bad thing no I I, I think they've they've got themselves in the three line I mean I, I go back to the push comes to shove I have them two for sure. Do you really? I would. They probably deserve to be a two. Well, and they can still get there. I think. I mean, based on you know, you went out and you win, you went deep in the SEC tournament. How many teams have a point guard situation you feel very comfortable about? They have a, a knockdown reliable shooter, and they have a dominant go to big man that not impacts many. the game at both ends. No, not many. And then a bunch that, of guys off the bench that are five still really star, talented yeah. guys theoretically. And like Nate Sestina, yeah, it went from oh they need this guy to do more, they need him to be a leader, and he's not providing that too. Now all of a sudden he hits one or two big shots, you're like, makes one play. Huge. And you're like that's exactly what they need out of I this mean, guy. Nice. I think he had eleven and five on Saturday. That's he's perfect. a perfect complimentary role player now, which is exactly what he was brought in to be when it all you know when they brought him in here. Yep. All right, final take time, Brady Labor. You always got a good one, brother. You had a couple oh, good ones the last couple weeks. Well. Well, that's a lot of pressure. Guys. I know it is. It I'm is. sorry. Let's try this one. I mean, it's probably just rehashing, but with a different set of eyes. Um, we talk about coaches and decorum sometimes and their behavior on the uh, sideline and how extravagant it is or ridiculous. But uh, this Let's week, talk about Sean Miller last uh, night. Uh, well, I mean, he's too easy. That's low-hanging fruit. I want to go with Buzz Williams. Did anybody watch his performance against Kentucky I did not. I love Buzz. I love me some Buzz Williams. Well, this guy, and again, I'm not making fun of him, but I guess you kind of have to he's got, because he's got the he's got the vest going, baby. He's well, looking sharp. He is wearing, quite honestly, a fantastic tailored suit. Looks like Maybe a million look bucks, Rick. almost tailored like suit. Rick did. Not Amazon off the rack, but yeah, tailored suit. Go ahead. Fantastic, but his <laughs> pants were tailored too high on purpose. I guess it was on purpose because they were clearly high water. Some guys like that. I, to I show off the socks, apparently, is what's smarter yes. people than me. But it wasn't. I don't have a strong sock. So you're, I don't first, you're staring at him. At you're staring at him because of the suit. Then you realize, wow, he has more hair on his head now than he did three years ago. Wonder how that happened. Real real gain magic. And it happens. Uh, there's surgeries that'll implants. fix that stuff. Implants. But then this guy. <laughs> Those things are on at 3 o'clock in the morning. I watch them all the time. They're great commercials. No doubt about it. Hair. 
I know. I'm lucky with that. I feel good about that, actually. So but, you, uh, and, and Skinny, and I've watched you coach, and I know you, you've you gone through some gyrations. Oh, I, through my through. favorite is when you hold your breath and turn red and stomp your feet. That's funny to me. Um, I do feel for <laughs> your help sometimes. You know, when his <laughs> daughter did that, he made her run the damn steps. Damn straight. But as he said earlier, I'm grown and she wasn't. That's correct. It's but rules. this guy... This guy, a did you intense. see some of the dance moves he was doing? So he, he, holy cow! And I know you guys are familiar with him when he was at Marquette. Marquette? He, Tech, he did my favorite thing ever when he was at Marquette. My favorite thing I've ever seen a coach do. So they played at West Virginia, and they won. And for some reason, I guess the game ended a little bit early, but they summoned him from the locker room to come back out to the announce table. And sit down and do an interview after the game had ended and the stands were clearing. Yeah. Right? So he's he's sauntering across the court towards the announce table. They're playing country roads. And he does the dance? He did a two-step across the state of uh, West Virginia logo. That's pretty good. Across the state of West Virginia logo. He's doing the two-step. Okay. The, the West Virginia folk, hand over heart, singing country roads. Come back <laughs> to the broadcast location, and literally, like six security guards can't be had to that, save Buzz. his life because they were going to kick his ass right then and right there. I kind of like the it most though. Ama- he had no idea what like. He had no idea the significance of country roads to those people, and he probably he just, wasn't making fun. No, of No, no, no. He just was. He was <laughs> coming back. It was wedding reception yeah. time. Yeah, the song was on. He, he was. Got a, having, he got he him a nice road win across the room, and and sure enough, boy, those West Virginia. Uh, like so, when he sat down, there was nobody in the stands behind him and the two announcers, and within ten seconds, there's like thirty just the most West Virginia humans you'd ever find. And they wanted a piece. He just, he just insulted the whole, you've insulted Dayton. He insults the whole state. They of West wanted Virginia. a piece. <laughs> just go watch the tape. I'd rather fight Dayton than the entire state of West. Virginia. I think that's probably a good call on your part. That's a wiser choice. Yeah. <laughs> that's a much wiser but, uh, choice. Buzz was, I mean, that guy was off no, the hook the other night. He had bad. the Gatorade towel towing himself off because he's just sweating profusely. Sean Miller style, Bruce Pearl style. But yeah, uh, he he was in the middle of telling himself off. He sees something going on and somehow uses the towel as a prop in one of these dances of you know great play, guys. Incredible! It's much must I'm, watch I'm television, and he is definitely. I'm a, I'm not a fan of Texas A and M, but when I see them on the schedule, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna have to check a few segments of this out. It's like listening to Bill Walton. It's like I don't, I don't need to hear the whole broadcast, but I'm going to listen to a few minutes we'll of this just to check it out. Bill Walton. I can only do so much of Bill Walton. Yeah, he's in the perfect job. Like if he was in any other conference in the world, that's probably yes. You, but he's in the Pac-12 cause, cause either, late at night. Either you're buzzed yourself as you're watching this game, and the, that's okay. The conference is trash right now, anyway. or you just fall asleep anyway. So that works out fine for everybody. All right, Rick Brown, you got a final take? I really don't. He really does. You see this? Um, as he points out, what, what I can't even tell. There's a, there's a Bill Walton. Who's he with? There's a Bill Walton picture with who? Who is that? I can't tell who that is. Richard Jefferson. Chad's father. Dave, grandfather. Dave Pash. <laughs> and, and Grandpa Hep. Oh, I think Hep, yeah, Hep, Hep at UCLA. I'll, I'll be darned. He's probably telling, telling Hep how that much was, he likes the Grateful that Dead. That was the broadcast like, the team that last was, night, yeah. I guess. That was awesome. Richard we Jefferson were, was awesome. Just wearing out Bill Walton. Talking about when he lived with Bill the Waltons Walton, for a while. Richard Jefferson was fantastic. Yeah. I like Richard Jefferson. Who are the Grateful Dead? Who are the Grateful Dead? I don't Hep doesn't know. I bet Hep knows. I'm going to say, yeah. 
Hep's, Hep's, Hep might even be country. He may even be country. Maybe. Even though he's a Cincinnati guy. Funny enough, we never really talked music. Yeah. And I don't, we never find a common ground. I'm going to guess Hep doesn't. Yeah, Hep, music wasn't on, in, on Hep's radar. No. Not when there was a horse race or a baseball game or a basketball game. That just wasn't on Hep's radar. Love Hep, though. I like it. Is that your final take? No, I. I oh, okay. I'm sorry. I, 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 I did something interesting last night. He was just so, showing you family pictures. I was. <laughs> I'll show you, show you pictures of Pop. Yep. Pop, with, Pop had a big night last night before the game. Um, so I had a, a, an event last night. Okay. And I, I wasn't sure if I was going to go. And then my dad canceled. So I was pretty sure I wasn't going to go, but then I, I decided to, to get Decided to go. You might be familiar with this team. Uh, it was a reunion for the greatest not whole baseball team in the history of Greater Cincinnati. Dynasty. Don't remember Dynasty. Give me two players off Dynasty. Uh, Jason Brown, Jeremy Collins, I Devin Jeremy Ashcraft. Collins. All right, I know Devin Ashcraft. Three city titles. Were you on this team? I was. Were you a participant on this team? I was. I, st- I was a starter. Everybody needs a water boy. Right I was field. A starter. Right, right field. field. Oh yeah, right field. Right field. Right field. Absolutely right field. Hit eighth or ninth. Uh, ninth. Speed. You got to double the speed. Double the speed. That's it. Did you ever swing, or did they make you bunt every time? So it, it, this was a story that uh, that came up last night. I actually had um, one of the probably the most unlikely hit in the history of not whole baseball. Remember Michael Reitz? I know Mike Reitz, who was a basketball coach. Played at Cub- Reitz might not be his last name. Went to Cub Calf. Really good. Okay. Mid-90s. I'll, I'll, I'll take your word for it. Reese or Reese? Reese. Reese. Maybe Mike Reese. Reese. I think Reese is it. So we're playing at Cub Calf, <coughs> and it was Bill's Agency, which was the other oh, yeah. Master Jewelers. Dude, you didn't want Master Jewelers or Bill's Agency in your bracket. I can tell you that. Well, I played for Master Jewelers. There you go. So we were playing Bill's. It was the regular season game. Um, to determine seating when we get to the district, all that stuff. And I, I, it was the wind was blowing pretty hard to right field, and I wasn't pulling him. There's no chance in hell that was happening. You blew one over the first baseman's head. It hit the chalk, and you got a triple. No, no, no. Oh, I went yard. Whoa, I went yard, and it was it was guys that we were all you know we had been playing baseball against each other. Did forever. you know how to run around the bases? Oh, I, I, I sprinted. I I thought you, uh, see, I thought you'd be a Cadillac kind of guy. Well, uh, the last thing I ever expected was it was going to go over the fence. One flap down as you went around the base. I slowed down a little bit by sec- around second, around second base. Slowed down a little bit. Jason Brake, I don't know if you remember I Jason Brake. Jason Brake was at shortstop. Uh, Jason was a very good friend of mine and literally had this look like this is the most absurd, ridiculous thing I've ever seen in my entire life that you just hit a home run on us. There you, was that your lone home run of your career? Only, only I, I had a couple hit them into the outfield and they roll and you run. But that was the only one over the fence. Real big time home run. And it just so happened to be a real big time home run. And you hit it over the 290 foot marker at, at, uh, it's a cuff cat. I hit it in right center. That's a pretty good poke. The wind took it. I mean, it was still pretty good. poke. It it should have been like a pop up into the middle of the outfield. Take it and run with it. But point being, I had a great time. To quote the great Joe Nuxall, if you swing the bat, you're dangerous. Remember, do you know Barry Brown? I don't know Barry Brown. That's uh, Old Man Brown's boy. It, it is Jim Brown. Yeah, it was. Um, his, actually, his grandson is pretty good at Boone County in football right now. See, look at that. See, we got all, we got all kinds of connections here. Yeah, but uh, it, it was a, it was he was the coach and and one of my, the better coaches I've ever. Do you still have rings for. from these titles? No, I have a. We have. They got us a plaque. Okay. Um, that had our. We had sleeveless, the really nice tailored sleeveless jerseys, the jersey, and then the picture. Do you, do you let the guns out back in those? Oh days? yeah. Oh yeah. And then the picture of us getting uh, Smith and Wesson, us getting our trophy at City when we won. Very nice. And then I have my dad said my dad informed me yesterday he still has the trophy. I did not have the. Trophy. So you have to get it back from him. 
have to get it back from him. But it, it was so it was, was a nice outing. It was it was a great outing. And if you have a chance to go do something like that, not that anybody there out there won Not Hole City. Not that any of you hit home runs in Not Hole, but it, my one but, Not Hole home run was a ground ball. But you know, it just kept rolling down the left Absolutely. field line. Absolutely, yeah, it goes to the parking and I, lot, and I ran fast. Absolutely, you had to inside the park. <laughs> as fast Didn't have as another you, option. I ran stairs. <laughs> as fast as you guys. No, I, I would I would say this. When, it was a, it was when a, you accomplish something with guys you you grew up with and and can have a little fond memory many years later, I think you should go to those things. I, yeah, and I, I, I don't like being out in public. I'm out in public a lot. I don't like being I out I don't in like public. being out in public all that much. I really don't. So that's why I wasn't going to go, but I talked myself. Well, there's a contract it. on your life. You need to figure that out, so just know where it's coming from. I didn't think point. they were going to be at the Ellesmere VFW that, last that, night. Oh, man, that's, yeah. a, that's big time there. That's, hey, that's where it was. Chips, pretzels, and draft beer, baby. That, nothing that's like where that. it was. It was at the Ellesmere VFW in the uh, banquet hall in the front. Catered a little roast beef on the side. Quite a night. I don't want to know about the roast beef at the Ellesmere VFW. Well, congratulations on that. I was not aware of the, of the, of the home run. Uh, yeah. The epic and the, home and run. And the city championship. There we go. They won uh, three. How about that? They won three. You won how many? Uh, one. I was one. a hired hit man the last year. Hired right fielder. They hired one. right fielder. Nobody else wanted to play right <laughs> fielder. They needed a ninth. They're like, we need a ninth hole hitter. We got yeah. Brendel or a shopping cart. What do we want out right? <laughs> Coach, take, it doesn't matter. We've got Brendel. multiple future major leaguers on our team. Know, We're yeah. going to win. Yeah. yeah, we'll cover for Brendel. We'll, we'll, we'll Kelly leak him. We could play with Brendel and win it all. <laughs> go get it. Go get it was. That was the ch- Can we play with Brendel and win it all? Go get Go get Brendel. They wanted to challenge themselves. Exactly. I like it. I think it's pretty good. They were. They were just seeing if they could win City with eight guys. And a half, and you had you had the half. It was good. Yeah, they just stuck me on the the right field line. Don't move. Don't move. <laughs> there were eleven offensive fouls called in the first half of the Xavier game today. Eleven. That's my take. That's it. Okay. No. No I, point. I, I just wanted to. say. Okay. No, I'm glad you said that because I'll, I'll I'll end with that. The the most ridiculous thing I saw the whole day was the offensive foul on Xavier on a drive, and it might have been, and the exact same thing on the very next possession where a guy lowers called his the shoulder. Other they call the other way. And Travis still had the look on his face like he started laughing. I was like, actually thrilled to see them not call an offensive foul on that next play. I was like, oh, good. They don't call an offensive foul on every single play. The, the Kentucky game, that game changed how it was being officiated three, three times. Three times, yeah. It was incredibly tight to start. Then everybody murdered everybody. And then it got incredibly tight again. I, Can we just get some damn consistency? That's the part. That, that And it goes back to the whole technical foul stuff. John probably didn't deserve his. The Houston didn't deserve theirs. Tyreek did Tyreek deserve didn't his. deserve his. Yeah. I mean, Tyreek, I, I go back. Tyreek deserved, deserved it after the one where he like kissed at the crowd and did. I'd have banged him for that before I banged him for the other thing. And I wouldn't have banged him for either one. Yeah, I mean, refs are human. We're they always going to have human, inconsistencies. But- I, I didn't really want it to be like a whole thing about refs aren't any good. But the offensive foul, which I have been against for a long, I, long I, I, time. Take a charge. It's insane to have 11 and one half. Take a charge. That's just almost impossible. You don't run over people. It's a lot How of guys that? falling How over. How about pulling up and shooting a pull-up as opposed to running over someone? You're allowed to do that. Yeah, there's that. There is that. I'm yeah. not going to lie to you. Yep. There are also three fouls called on Silas Hideki on rebounds in the NKU Wright State game, which seems almost impossible. To over, the, over the top? The push? Nope. Just Hold like on. guys side-by-side side going for a rebound and 50-50 oh. balls, and he was somehow fouling. There was one in the UC game today where a guy, Nate Hinton, went up, got a rebound, came flying from underneath on the baseline, flying along the baseline, jumps up, grabs a rebound. And he got called for the foul. Now. No, no, no. no. I thought, I thought was Keith got called for the foul because Keith was standing there, and his momentum, as he came flying out of nowhere, he grabs the ball, he crashes into Keith Williams, and they call the foul on Keith for standing there. Well, you're not allowed to stand. Was he supposed to become invisible? Move. Simply put, move. 
Take a charge. That's all I'm going to tell you. I'll leave it with that. Take a charge. I'm good with it. I hate you. I know you do. Thank you very much. All right. For Brady Labor, Rick Broering, Chad Brendel, I'm Richard Skinner. Thanks for being with us. Skinny Podcast, the college basketball edition. <laughs>